What is up? Welcome to another episode of the Modern Agilist. We are talking to you from the Atlassian Conference in Vegas, Teams 22. What's up, guys? So we thought this would be a pretty creative thing to do. We, we typically don't record live on site somewhere. Obviously, we're not broadcasting this episode live, but we wanted to do something while we were here in the hall and talk a little bit about what was going on here, uh, some of the things that we learned, some of the folks that we've talked to, and uh, just give you a taste of that. Yeah. To give a little context on Atlassian, we don't want to assume that all our listeners are familiar Atlassian is a suite of tools heavily revolving around IT project management. Their probably two most well-known tools are Jira, which is the enterprise kind of ticketing software, Confluence, which is their kind of wiki solution, and then there's a service desk. Bunch, other bunch of different ones. Yeah, and then notably several years ago, they did purchase Trello, which is a more a simplified Jira, card moving with more flexibility and all these things come together and the idea is tools for teams to move work from ideation all the way through to delivery. Oh, and uh, Bitbucket, which is their version control. And the idea is if you have Bitbucket, Jira and Confluence, you have an entire integrated system where you can go all the way to uh, CICD, continuous delivery and all that. Cool. Yeah, so let's dig in a little bit, Justice. You wanna start with that kind of a, a question or a thought? Yeah, 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 I wanna say this. First off, don't call it a comeback. Atlassian, as I wanna give them massive credit and props for doing this in person. The temptation from a lot of companies just to say, what's the pandemic, the pandemic? At some point, I feel like it, it can be a kind of a lazy cop-out to not put in the effort and the work to organize something as complex as this is to organize. Yeah. So big props to them actually doing this. I'm told I haven't, I didn't go to the previous year's Confluent or Atlassian conferences. I'm told it's about one third, but let me say this is enormous. It is a shindig. And yeah. my very first impression before getting into some other stuff was the, was the level of polish Oh, yeah. in this type of event. It's it's pretty incredible. Just to give a little context of where we are and what it's like too, since you cry up where we are and you know what the conference is, but it's in the Venetian Hotel in Las Vegas. So if mm -hmm. that gives you any feeling about the size, scope of what's going on here, and Justice the nail on the head, everything is fabric, cool looking screens, uh, uh, nice color coded stuff. The, the, I've never in my life seen a screen or set of screens as big as the ones I saw. The entire stage, I'm talking it would take you several, it would take you some time to walk from one into the other. The entire thing yeah. was a curved high definition screen and there were doors to come out on the stage were in the screen and they had screens behind that. So there was no seam in the projection. Yeah. And then into the crowd over top of the more curved screens, just the production level, it, this is incredible. Very food. Yep. Yeah. So let's dig in a little bit. What do you want to dig into first? Okay. First impressions for the conference is extremely uh, polished. And I want to say first impressions as far as the content was they didn't bury the lead. They didn't yeah. bury the lead on wait till the last night and you'll get the kickoff talk was 
the the owner, the founder, uh, co-founder Scott, Scott Farquhar. Yep. Yeah. It basically came out and said, "Boom, we're announcing." It was like it was the production quality of Apple without the "There's more" at the end, yeah. there, right? But wait, there's more. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they kicked that off that right at the beginning, and it set the tone. I feel like all the other talks were around those two big announcements, and those two big announcements were, were two big uh, new products called Atlas and Compass. Now, a little bit of cultural context here is we all know about the, the great resignation where everyone's working from home, they have opportunity, or maybe they're question, existentially questioned like what's going on with their life. There's been a lot of people leaving their jobs to go to other jobs, and a huge move to remote work. Now, it's interesting where some companies are pressing to return to the office, Atlassian, to their credit, again, has pressed in harder to a remote first, a remote kind of mindset. And they showed the spread of their workforce, where it was before, and then how it's changed over the past three years. And it's actually, it's a feature, it's not a bug. Where basically they're showing these little hexagons on a map of the the world, yeah, the world, yeah, and then it's like explosion in these other countries and all over, and really just the pressing into that, and they're saying like, hey, this is how many more people that we brought on this X number thousands of people during the Great Resignation. So here's the deal: people get the idea that people just quit their jobs and are staying home watching Netflix. No. People resigned from one job and went to another. Yep. So it's a brain drain, and then it's also like a brain game. It's a matter of the, how's the company playing their cards. Yeah, that's it's very interesting. The tools. That, so let's talk a little bit more about mm-hmm. you know, the detail behind those tools. One of the the first ones they announced at that keynote was Atlas. Mm-hmm. Called it Atlas, which is. Makes sense, right? Atlassian, they have a tool called Atlas. So the other one they introduced was called Compass, but specifically Atlas. That's basically a way to integrate multiple tools, multiple systems in, into the Jira ecosystem, into the Atlassian ecosystem, rather. And then as you do your work, as things get done, and these integrated systems work on one of the native Atlassian apps, it gets you a work recap based on the individual or based on the team, I think. You know, mm-hmm. individuals. Like almost a little Twitter update. Yes, it, what Justice did today is birthday. The thing. whole spin on it was great. And they said, no one ever said, I love status update meetings. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They said, no one wants this. So they're like, listen, we're basically going to have a system that prompts you at certain intervals to say, hey, how are things? And you have limited content you can put in there. And all of these percolate up to like executive reports. So you subscribe to the type of work. And it that's a part of a greater trend. I'm speaking for myself now that this year Atlassian, where we see like this merger between like work and play. No one's going on Twitter for work. Yeah. That's something. But the idea that you have you can subscribe to a team or a thought leader, and then they're actually their updates are their on track, off track, here's the direction and all. So it's a real mental shift, the whole yeah. way of working. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. And I think, not to get ahead of ourselves, but I think what Justice said is a lot of the folks that we talked to, a lot of the sponsors that are here showing off their third-party applications and stuff, and even some of the other people that we just chatted with, kind of all revolved around that mentality of yeah. how do we make this look nicer? Mm-hmm. How do we make this easier for people, more accessible for people mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a remote distributed landscape? So. That's definitely a trend, and I think we can talk a little bit more about yeah. that. Yeah. What, what's what's up at the tunnel with Compass is, this is really interesting, and it ties in with some other trends too, is the idea is, the idea of the one app to rule them all, 
it's just like at some point you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, this is not the way. I think there's an XKCD comic for anyone who doesn't know what that is, Google it. And it says how, how new standards get built and these two people come together and they're like, hey, there's so many standards for this particular thing. And they're like, you know what we should do? We should make one that kind of combines them all together, like a new one, one that rules them all. And it's like standard number 79, okay? Yeah. In the same way, like I'm actually quite relieved to hear Atlassian press into the idea of, listen, it's not just different tools, but it's the right tool for the right job. Yeah, right. And so business users who want to use Trello, designers who want to use Figma, workshops that want to use Mir, and then the millions of others, they put out some numbers in there and they said, we did research and like the typical company, how many software as a service sir, products are they using? And they put people throughout some numbers and stuff. And it came out to something like almost 200. Yeah. It was like pretty, pretty high. You wouldn't even think about it. Yeah. It's one of the things, if you think about it long enough, you're like, oh yeah, what are those, those, those. And so the idea with Compass is a point of integration, a point of integration that's extremely intelligent and allows the embedding of these other tools within the system of Confluence and Jira and an embedding in such a way that it's not just a link, it's basically a lot of them are smart links. Yep. Your Loom video, it actually is showing a little bit of the composition and playing silently before you hit the play button. Your Miro, you actually see it in the giant preview yeah. and a lot of stuff like that. And, and, and it's all packaged up neatly and they give you libraries and stuff to pull from as you can develop and, and you know, pursue these integrations too. Uh, so, you know, uh, we were really interested in Forge too. Yeah, it was a little bit different than that, but this it's is almost it. like the next step. It's the next step, yes. So give you, our listeners, a little bit of idea. You may be aware, like, and I'll go just a little bit deeper on this because it is very interesting. There's been a whole historical trend of it used to be if you wanted to put a website online, you actually ran a server like next to your desk. Yeah. And then at some point it was like, people can provide this as a dedicated service and the cloud was born. It's running on a server, but if there's a big server center, it's running on that. Well, even went from there and the levels of abstraction started. It's not actually running on that machine. That machine is running software that seems like this computers, sure. like containerization and Docker and all this. That's getting abstracted even more worse. You don't even need to think about the operating system or anything. It's a plat, it's a compute platform. Yeah. And that whole trend is called function as a service yep. or serverless. And the idea, Amazon has its Lambda, Google App Engine, I think, or maybe it has a new name for what it I is. I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it feels like a compute platform. And so the idea is with Forge is let's say you want to write another application that is able to be run on top of the Atlassian suite. Rather than you having to focus on the infrastructure and hosting and security, they give you kind of a compute platform and you can build right on it. And you inherit the security and the privacy of your Atlassian instance. Yeah, so you can either build on it and then take it to the next step with Compass. Yeah. Integrate or somebody else integrate that way. Uh-huh. It allows that to be something that you can play around with. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's just a natural extension of API first design yeah. and then people talking for how long about API. It's, this is a step beyond that because we're not just talking about the APIs. We're talking about these applications, yeah. not just the, these it's the byproduct of that movement. So let's take a little bit of a left turn. So we talked to a lot of folks, a lot of sponsors. One thing I thought that was odd, but I also appreciated it, was it gave us some time to take our time, think through things, talk to individuals, was there were the keynotes and they were longer. Yeah. It, and then there weren't many like hour long sessions back to back to back. There was a lot of open time. Yeah, so there was. That was nice. What was your favorite talk? 
a person who presented or a person you've spoken to, you know, you're yeah, okay. So I'll break those questions into two. Okay. My favorite talk. Okay. Besides the main, yeah, the first kickoff, the, the announcements, which was impactful. I was like, wow, this is really compelling is basically the Disney guy, Bob Iger, Bob Iger. Now. What's interesting is Bob Iger didn't come out. Like, could you say a little bit who Bob Iger is? I didn't know about what, who he is. Oh yeah. So Bob Iger was one of really three prominent CEOs of Disney. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was with ABC for a while. That all got rolled into one with Disney. He became the CEO and a board member, I believe on Disney. Mm -hmm. And so him, Walt Disney and the guy between Walt Disney and Bob Iger were pretty much the CEOs for about 75 years. Yeah. It was something crazy. So. Bob, Bob Iger was a pivotal character in Disney's world because he, he pushed for, he said so much today, he pushed for the creation of quality content over mm -hmm. pretty much anything else. Yeah, okay. I want to mention a few things that he mentioned, that yeah. he's talked about that like kind of hit me. Yeah. So he's interviewing for the job Yeah. and he has to come in with his initial. The, the CEO of Disney job. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And he has to come in with some initial ideas. And this is what he brings to the table. He says he has a choice between do we work on content or distribution? And when he said that, I thought that's a really interesting yeah. play there. He said he anticipated that distribution will become a commodity. Yeah. And so he's braided content will never be because content has to be created by a human mind. We're just, yeah. that's how complex we are. So they focused on that. The other thing was, oh, he pitched in his interview effectively purchasing Pixar for what, like $8 billion, $7 billion? Seven plus billion. Seven yeah. billion, that's a, with a B. In an interview. Yeah. And he said it was a quite a gutsy move yeah. to come in in your first suggestion. And he said what was interesting is they didn't say no and they didn't say yes, but it was something that it's such a huge suggestion to let that sink in. And now we're many years later. The, well, the rationale behind that too was that it surpassed Disney at that point. Yeah. In terms of producing great content that kids are into, uh -huh. right? And specifically kids and families. Yeah. So he's like, hey, here's the venue into owning and, and creating that content. Uh -huh. And it, uh, Bob Iger, I believe, was also behind the Star Wars franchise yep. coming over to Disney. Marvel. And he spoke a little bit too, and, and it's related about capturing and then what that can be used to do and that's used for example he gave was hey people answer a questionnaire when they're coming to disney world we're going to take that and we're able to cater an experience mm -hmm. based on that kind of stuff so it was for him in terms of his vision is like justice said the, the most important thing right the most precious thing the thing that's not a commodity is great content and understanding how to use it you've utilized that Another thing he said, which was impactful, is he said, you cannot change the fundamentals of your brand and still be the same brand. Yeah. And he said the fundamentals of Disney were what they were. Family, I don't know, he didn't use this phrase, but I take it as like family-friendly content yeah. that just tells a message, meaning and all, you know. And he said, they couldn't just like, the world's getting a little more gritty. Let's throw some smoking and a little more violence. Yeah. And then he's like, they would have actually lost the core. And so the, the challenge then about your brain is to communicate it, not to change with time. Yeah. And that kind of, that kind of struck me. And then he did have some personal stories about his interactions with, with Steve Jobs. Never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell you, I'm a, 
Steve Jobs is a massive impact on me. And yeah. anyone who tells Ditto. a story or whatever, I can almost feel my eyes starting to water. So side note, here's a fun side note. Yeah. I wrote, have you ever seen the movie Pirates of Silicon Valley? Oh yes, the, the old one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like a no wild. Oh, thing dude, that's uh, classic. I remember when I was young, uh -huh. I watched that movie, and mm -hmm. I knew I had like that good stuff. Like, yeah. And I just was so impressed by this guy. I didn't really know much about. He was a character in a yeah. movie, but it was Steve Jobs. Mm -hmm. That's where it all started. This is one of the reasons I do what I do today, dude. Yeah. Same impact, different, slightly different movies. It was Pirates of Silicon Valley. Yeah. Hackers, yeah, and then that movie about Kevin Mitnick, the okay, story yeah. about Kevin Mitnick. I don't remember the title, sure, but but how deep that hacker hole went, yeah. And then some years later, probably uh, uh Swordfish, oh, it's not on yeah. the same level, it's still the <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. So that kind of impacted you. Oh, yeah, this, this kind of hacker movies, yeah, and, yeah. The reason I bring that up is that you, like you said, he told some stories, yeah, he was. Knew Steve Jobs, he'd said, mm -hmm. this is Bob Iger that spoke today. Yeah. But then I got involved. Well, we won't go in. I don't think we need to go no. to super depth, but he spoke to him as he was becoming more involved with the Pixar thing, which uh -huh. Steve Jobs was a uh, uh, predominant, I think, the, the biggest shareholder. Yeah. He came over, he was a large shareholder at Disney, too. Uh -huh. So this is the one thing that struck me, too, is that. When Steve Jobs came over, when this whole thing was done and, and Disney had purchased Pixar, somebody had told Bob Iger, who we was talking this morning, uh, hey, you don't want Steve Jobs here. He's a big shareholder. It's Steve Jobs, big personality. He's going to want to run Disney. Yep. And you're now the CEO. He's going he's gonna to step on your toes. And Bob said, if Steve Jobs runs Disney, I think the shareholders will like it. Yeah. And I just, that, for me, I, I was telling Justice, I would have been like, if I was hit in that same situation, I would have been like getting nervous. Like, oh, yeah. boy, what do I do? The power, yeah, he's nervous, trying to figure out what to do. It was a cool take for me to say, yeah, do its best here. Someone that successful, the humility on stage, it wasn't bad for you. They said, oh, you've been successful. I'm frankly conditioned anytime if I'm in the seat and being asked to like, cycle through the successes, cycle through the wins, cycle through the accomplishments or what I know and yeah. all. And he gets up there and they're like, yeah, you've had some wins. And he's actually, if you really dig in, I've had more losses and more misses than wins, but the wins were big. Yeah. And then the lesson from that was like, take your shot. Yeah. And I'm that's the type of stuff that'll put goosebumps on your arms of take your shot. And he even said that his dad never being quite satisfied with himself. Yeah and being discouraged that he was like, I'm not gonna be that. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's heavy. That is deep. Yeah. So that was a full setup. What? So you said you separated that though. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna separate that. Okay. So him as a speaker, I, I most enjoyed. Okay. And then you're gonna find this one funny. The second people that we spoke with that I most enjoyed was the folks from Trello. Now. Yes, I, I enjoyed their conversation even last night. Right? At the restaurant. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it's great. It, it, there's something, there is a cultural di distinction there, yeah. which you pick up on pretty quick, yep. which is interesting. Like you'll notice a lot of the vendors were, were revolving, like the Atlassian specific yes. vendors were about like enterprise rollout. Yep, yep. or clean up, and yeah, yeah. coaching. We'll, yep. we'll set up your tool, we'll come in and do the thing, which yeah. depending on where you're at in an organization is mildly interesting. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> And keep yeah. in mind too, say about seventy-five percent of the folks they work like super technical. Yeah, yeah. So they're trying to sell you on get our services. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. So the Trello folks were interesting because that's not you're not hiring someone to come in and set up your Trello. Uh, <laughs> Trello is built to be easy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
And what was interesting about them is they said, we inhabit a space that you could use this for software, but we have the flexibility that business, just generalized business people or different stuff outside. And yeah. why that's interesting is that's the untapped area yep. of agility. Yep. We said it now. We've been seeing it for a couple of years now. It was supposed to be pandemic changed the vibe on that. It was supposed to be agile and non-software. And let me tell you, if you have any curiosity about whether that's happening, oh, yeah. do a Google search, not a Google search, do an Amazon book search oh, yeah. on agile delivery that's non-software. Yeah. Last I did that, there was like one pamphlet. Yeah. Okay. Yep. yep. It's just it hasn't translated. Yep. It's not pe people are not leading the cause. There's a language barrier there too, oh, yeah. and there's just it's, it's unplucked fruit. Yeah. So where we where we so, 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 yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's a basically agile outside of software. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's the space, and so they talked about that, and then we found ourselves a lot of the the speakers and the tools and the vendors and stuff. They did some really cool stuff where they reserved entire restaurants and invited yeah. people to come. Yeah. And it was more of a loose kind of setting where you would talk to people and stuff. Now I will say this, I'll put this out there because that was funny, is um, at one, one of the nights, Rick stayed a little bit later than me and I came home or whatever. And my wife decided she wanted to come out here too. She'd never been to Vegas, check things out. So while me and Rick get to enjoy the conference, she gets to see the sites during the day or whatever. Sure. Right? So I came back and she said, hey, you're back early or whatever. And I said, ah, we talked to the guys from Trello yeah. about like fracture lines on how they break up their app, what their CICD is and all. And they said, I think people will just like, want to hang out now. And so I'm good. I'll go home. She was like, you are a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will say though, I, I did stay up later, but they, I was, people still wanted to talk about stuff. But some of the folks that were talking tech did wrap up. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, chill. On. Nothing wrong with that. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so that, that was, I really enjoyed talking to Dre. My, my big thing, and you're right, the pandemic, I think, disrupted some spark of a trend that was mm -hmm. happening. Yeah. You could feel it. And then they, hey, go home and let's try to operate as normally as possible because of the pandemic. A lot mm -hmm. of companies went, oh, it became remote. So that kind of, I think, slowed down yep. a lot of feeling around non-tech, mm -hmm. non-engineering agility. There's all the reason why it shouldn't now. Yeah, because there's more cause than ever to adopt and be thinking in terms of iterative delivery. Because yeah. here's the thing, even when we talk about report outs and status updates and all that, what's better than a report out and a status update? A demo. Yep. Demo of functional code. Yep. Yep. And doing that, not just as a cherry on top, but as a matter of standard process. Yep. That's a novel concept. You know, and like the biggest thing too that frustrates me, and this is where I think maybe that starts to become a trendy speech. Mm -hmm. The whole idea behind like portfolio management, yeah, from idea to done, there's this little middle piece you find from the business side to the engineer. And there's this little middle piece, and if you can unlock that, uh -huh. have that that air quotes language trans translation yep. between product folks that don't know anything about tech, mm -hmm. but they know what we want feature wise, yeah. That's, there's a key there. And you see some of this stuff starting to come back yeah. to life. There was a session on, you know, portfolio management, you know, and it mm -hmm. got a little deep at the time, but even the stuff with Atlas. Yep. Hey, we can show 
the entirety of the team and everybody that's working on yep. this thing and may not there maybe they're not using they're not submitting in uh, code in GitLab. But here's what marketing did. Yeah. And if we can tie that link mm -hmm. right between what they did the whole way down to what it affects in engineering and how it comes out, uh -huh. there's that kind of a thread and there then you can start to talk about how do we make that business agility jump. Yep. Yeah, it's funny, I didn't realize, but we'd find ourselves being in separate conversations and coming back together, yeah. whatever. And I did find a, a pattern that I started to use a description on how we work together. And I was like, Rick is the macro. He's at the portfolio level, the business application. I said, I have to focus on the micro yeah. flow analytics. What's the measuring here? What's yeah. the little optimization? And I said, we come together and you have the standard practices in the middle and that's good. Yeah, I, and I'm gonna say this as an honest compliment, mm. but somebody, I can't remember who it was, might've been our following Mike, but he was asking uh, about you, I think, mm -hmm. uh, at one point. Might've been shortly after he was hired. Mm -hmm. You just tell me a little bit about who I work with. And I was running down some of the folks and then mm -hmm. finally got to us. And I was talking similarly, hey, I, I do a lot of the practical operational stuff more classically trained in business stuff. Mm -hmm. Justice is a little bit more technical than me, even though we were both engineers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I said, but justice is built different. <laughs> you like, it, I can't do the things that justice does. And I meant this in a very positive way. I, I think it was Mike who I was talking to, but I said, he's built differently. He, he can sit, you said it yourself today, stuck on something. I'm oh, digging yeah. into it until it's I done. I cannot think about anything else. Yeah. And you'll dig into it. You'll you'll understand it front to back, mm -hmm. and then you're just like, okay, this is this is the thing. This yeah. is the new way of going. But we we should focus on this. Yeah, I enjoy that because I'm not like that as mm. much. I get excited about things. Yeah, but I can't dedicate myself like you do, and that's worked out nicely. Yeah. Then you bring something, not all the time, especially where we work, but. Not, you can't always bring something to the table and say, okay, at a large organization, we're just gonna throw it out there. Yeah. But the excitement is there. Um, and a lot of the times too, that translates to something, yeah. at least something that we can put into practice. <laughs> I've, I've had people tell me recently, we can switch gears in a minute. Yeah. But I said, hey, what do you think? After I present something, they're like, I don't understand it. Yeah. But your excitement makes me excited. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'll take what I can get. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I, what's, Maybe this is a little bit of a like a Debbie Downer attitude, but you're like the 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 evangelist. You're like, yes, do it. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah. I love it. And here's what it's all about. Uh -huh. And I'm I'm like the the practicalist or pragmatist. Yeah, yes, yeah. that's yeah. what. I'm like, okay, I love it. Let what at least what piece of it can we run? Yeah, that's been cool. And we I think we got into that because what were we talking about? Like when we were speaking to individuals. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's a, yeah. It, it's funny because. We, we've really attended this conference under a few different identities and interests. We have our own unique bent. Rick is thinking in terms of portfolio, like the macro. And I'm thinking in terms of the micro and like, is there an engineering kind of DevOps? Is there a way that this thing can be implemented now? But then there's other aspects beyond that too, where we're like, okay, we're here representing partly like our employer. Yep. Okay, so that's an enterprise context. But then there's also like, we're here representing like the modern agilists yep. and, and looking for, smart people who are doing cool stuff and yeah. build relationships and say, tell us about that. And hey, here's a modern Agilist sticker. Yeah. And check us out. We'd love to maybe collaborate and think through some interesting issues. And then there's also the side of that I have my brain all stuck in Web3. Yes. How does that translate to what's here? Is there something to be gleaned that we don't have? Or is there something that is there that can be brought in and brought into this ecosystem in the way that Compass is doing for, they, they, what they're doing is 
Composability with application. Yes. Composability is one of the primary like ideas yeah. in Web3. All this to say too, there's kind of three things you laid out. Uh -huh. These are this is our brand, right? Then yeah. if we're interested in, here's the modern agilist, here's our employer. Yep. But all this to say, what I find interesting too, is that when you come here, even if we didn't go to talk to any outside uh -huh. of a couple sessions, yeah. hand out a couple stickers, you start to recognize trends. Oh, that's the biggie. That's yeah. And not only do you recognize, hey, it's not necessarily a trend that's spelled out. Hey, for example, I saw an awful lot of folks who were, you know, hawking products that basically outside of coming in and setting something up, mm. it was beautifying, cosmetical stuff, you know. So for, hey, let's make this wiki look better or yeah. let's make this easier to find, which is great. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's an obvious trend. Yeah. But then you start to recognize where things are going to go. Yeah. Right. Like with the Web3 stuff, mm -hmm. you start to say, this is something that people are talking about, but they don't realize they're talking about or yeah. they're, they're touching on it, but don't realize they're touching on it. Yeah. And that's what I find exciting, not even just at a convention, but when you get here, you get a lot of that going on at the same time. So. Yeah. It kind of makes me think, um, this is like a very even deeper psychological, even spiritual thing is the temptation for me is to always be like, ah, I'm focusing on the wrong thing. Uh -huh. Dang it. Fear enters in. Yeah. Uh, you can't focus on one thing because you're hopping too much. When in reality, wherever you find yourself, Go deep with it. Yeah. Do it's it with good. all your might and you will be right where you're supposed to be. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'll even tack onto that. Yeah. Go deep with it wherever you are, but do where you're strong at. Oh I, yeah. I, yeah. Again, I, yeah. for example, I'll go deep, but I won't go deep in the way that you go deep because that's not my strength. I couldn't sit down six hours in my mind, figure something out like you do mm -hmm. and vice versa. I wouldn't expect you to dig into portfolio management right, right. one night, come back and say, here's what it is. To a lot of people, that's somewhat boring to me. You don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But for me, you see, that's something I, I enjoy and vice versa. But yeah, that's really good. Go deep, but go deep in your strength. Yeah. And, and find somebody too that compliments you. Like, that's a big, that's where I feel the most benefit mm -hmm. and almost unfair in our friendship and working relationship and how we've linked up. Yeah. It's been awesome. Just the past like couple of years, it's like, you, you get that right dynamic with somebody and that complementary mindset and yeah. it's a power of yeah. yeah that's not to say we haven't had disagreements <laughs> that's not to say that i don't bother justice sometimes but i will say when you have somebody that complements you well and that you can get along with and, and at least understands where you're coming from yeah. too that stuff all falls, falls by the wayside but you get back on track and you're like okay let's why did that even happen right. what comes of that mess yeah 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 I'm not saying that for any other reason, but I think it's, you have that person that you can work with, uh -huh. Stingy. Stuff happens, but it's not life-changing any stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I would say probably the, if there were a few ideas, uh -huh. or one big idea that you've taken from this, mm -hmm. do you have any in mind? I have one in mind. I know what yours is gonna be, so I wanna hear this. Go, go oh, okay, okay. And then I'll add. All right, yeah. this was my mindset, okay? I came to this conference with a limited excitement or limited kind of anticipation of being yeah. like, oh my gosh. Because it's just because I'm too far down the rabbit hole of Web3, yeah. okay? And then it occurred to me when they showed Compass and talked about it, that how much effort is being spent on rewriting basically all the tools. Yep. Those 200 soft pieces of software that companies are using, people in Web3 are trying to rewrite them for 
very edge for to have one feature. Yeah. And that single feature is self-sovereign identity. Log in with your wallet, interact. The you're, you effectively, you own your identity, it's portable, and your identity is also a bank account. Uh -huh. So you can get paid out in that way. Yep. And everyone's trying to rebuild all this stuff just to have that. Yep. And then it occurred to me, also what's happening is random strangers are being trained in the Web3 space as if these jobs are new jobs, yep. as if product management hasn't been figured out before, right. or as, as if it's new. And it's new. We're surrounded by people with decades of experience. Yep. The, we should be pursuing these individuals, yes. not training as if that's our core competency. Right, 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 right. So I thought we needed to take self-sovereign identity yeah. and that login to these applications. And so it did occur to me that maybe there's a way to implement like login with Ethereum using like SSO and basically make all of that possible on this suite of applications. And to, to kind of make that a little bit more, just break it down a little bit, for lack of a better term, dumb it down a little bit for people who might not be as deep into web. Think of the, and it's not the same thing, but think of that login with Google. Login it's with a Facebook. perfect analogy. Yeah. It's the same idea, except you're using, you're logging with Ethereum and you're using a wallet and so on and so forth. Yeah, basically the idea is social login, yeah. but here's the craziness. There is no social. Yeah. It's yours. Yes. It's, yep. That's the mind-blowing kind of dynamic. And is that possible? I don't know. We talked to some people here. No joke. We're already experimenting, yep. leveraging, single sign-on. And people, social people yeah. that you wouldn't expect. Oh, yeah. Too. I wouldn't yeah. have expected. I won't say who. No. Nah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But doing some experimentation, and I was so excited about it. I'm, I got 20 tabs open. I'm, yeah. I'm going to contact the people and yeah. say, is this a possibility? Yeah. Can we do this? How much will this cost? What are the limitations? Yeah. That'll be really interesting. My my big thing is what I just think in general, yeah. well, touching on one of the parts that you mentioned, is again, I'm going to take it back to my area of expertise, but the full idea to done. Yeah. And like you said, hey, a lot of these folks three or even some of these newer companies, they're like discovering mm. product and project management, yep. right? They're, they're like, what is this? Or how, well, hey, let's do this. And sometimes in some cases, you find that they even develop apps, ways to do things that like, that's already been done. Yeah, but a million times over. Yeah, we thought it, that's, right? Yeah. So just, <clears throat> excuse me, where that plays into basically in the future, whether that's Web3, whether that's company, the company's doing, you know, all this integration and this, the socialization gamification of mm -hmm, things. Mm -hmm. Where does that all play? How does that all kind of factor back in from, again, idea to done, mm -hmm. from business down to engineering, or if you're not software, just from, you know, people having ideas, getting stuff done. Mm -hmm. How does that all factor in? What are some of the ways, that, what's the commonality? What do people need? So what is that, what does that trend look like, basically? The non- engineering agility how does that relate to the whole thing what's that common thread yeah that's interesting to me when you say hey these people in web3 for example they're like uh we're inventing these well, no there's people who have that experience there's processes in place you just need to for lack of a better think a little old right mm -hmm. but this is already a thing you just need to bring it into your space no I'm going to put this out there. I'm going to speak in generalities, but probably not as general as people would prefer. And if okay. you don't like this, right? Uh, what? Twitter. One question we did ask 
that had a quite surprising answer was we asked someone from Slack what they thought of Discord. Yes, this is a good answer. Yeah, yeah okay. It's a strange answer they gave. And the response we got was pretty, it was extremely dismissive. Yeah. Basically said that Discord was like a cartoon ripoff of Slack. And using both Slack for many years and then using Discord for the last, at the same time, yeah. for basically the last year, it may not have the enterprise clout, yeah. but there are specific features to Discord that I don't think are worthy to be dismissed. And I don't know how it's going to play out, yeah. but a word of caution to all of us dismissing your competitors yeah. because they don't operate the same scale yep. or don't have the recognition. Not sure that's well, ever a smart move. With those compet, first of all, that response that, that I'm not gonna say who it was or anything, but <clears throat> that response almost came across as arrogant. Mm -hmm. And the kicker was he used Discord. Yeah, <laughs> like he used it for multiple things. Mm -hmm. So that was very strange. And I was like, okay, was that a canned response? Because I'm here with, on behalf of Slack, but you're right, dismissing it. And once those places like Discord shift their thinking or learn, like we just said, learn about, hey, look what Slack is doing or look at the value around yeah. this role, so on and so forth, they'll eat, they'll eat their, their competitors for lunch. It's a, a word of caution to all of us, regardless of where we're at. As soon as we begin to have an attitude of too big to fail yeah. or don't need to, what did Steve Jobs say? Stay hungry. Stay foolish and stay hungry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for every IBM, there's an apple yeah. in the garage ready to eventually to eat your lunch. And I look at the valuation of IBM versus Apple. No, right yeah. it's a yeah. little bit different. Mm -hmm. Something happened. And, and Apple learned how to. We're not trying to make a Steve Jobs Apple talk here. It's a good example. Separate right? episode. Yeah. Yeah. We could that easy. Yeah. But Apple started out uh, in a garage, mm -hmm. indie ish. We're going to make this and be fun with it. And then there was that corporate shift. Uh -huh. Didn't change necessarily the identity and, and values behind Apple, mm -hmm. but the way that they operated was a little bit more normalized. And what happened? They overtook the world, their most valuable company in the world, aren't uh -huh. they? Now, so yeah. I think they had a two trillion, two trillion dollars of valuation in a matter of what a year and a half mm -hmm. additional valuation. That's that's crazy. Yeah, and just to throw it out there a little bit more, not to break make everything about Web three, is we're talking about Apple, we're talking about Web three. This was just announced two days ago that MetaMask now you can buy crypto with Apple Pay. Yeah. And that at the Bitcoin conference now, I think it's still going on. There's some rumors that, and this is the deep rumors, I don't know if it's going to be announced or what, but that Strike, basically that Bitcoin yeah. layer two fast transactions is coming to Apple Pay. Really? Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, I, don't know if that, I don't know if it's going to go just tying a few threads together sure. here on. So. We get close to time, but where, what, how do we leave this? What's maybe next that we're going to be that obviously we talked about some things clearly we're interested in are going to pursue, but what's on your mind as you leave? Where do you go from here? Okay. And I'll say a few things. Yeah. One is that big idea that I mentioned. Yeah. I feel like I want to write up and put something out there about the mindset of attracting talent. Yeah. People like, hey, we need to get talent, we need to get talent. And we need to bring the tooling to the talent. Exactly. And yeah. not retrain the talent yeah. on how to use our janky, like super. Marry the two. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's change the mindset on the whole Web3 talent. And two is, it's a little more practical. Our approach, we haven't, I don't think we've talked about it at length. We haven't done a show on this, but our approach that 
Rick and myself like articulated in press over the years was like a, a data-driven agility yeah. idea. And some of the tools and products that were presented here were about automatically generated reports and creating more sophisticated dashboards. Yeah. And that's compelling to me because the premise partly of data-driven agility is that you need to create a, a psychological feedback loop and that feedback loop breaks the whole idea of, oh, my manager, our manager says we have to do this. We're gonna get in trouble. It's basically showing the data across all the teams and creating the natural competitiveness or gamification. And the teams themselves begin to move just like a person wearing a step counter. Right. What's the first thing a dietary specialist tells a person with eating problems? They say, start a food journal. Yeah. And as soon as that self-consciousness enters in, then they're able to see what's happening. The yeah. same thing with finances, right? Yeah. Have self-awareness. Yeah. The change in mindset with the Web3 and the town, the tooling. Yeah. Let's bring like that login with ETH. Let's bring it to this suite of tools yeah. and see what can be done there. Sure, yeah. Two is the visualization. And then three is, I really want to dig into this uh, Forge. Yeah. And as a application platform, see what can be done there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. My, my biggest two, hey, my mind, right? Very similar to what you said, is like the, the, the Web3 aspect that you mentioned and the, the trends that we talked about that we observed and stuff. My big thing is, why do we do, so we just got out of a talk just moments before we did this. We yeah. was talk, they were still talking about, should we be remote? Should we be hybrid? All that stuff. I'm done to death. <laughs> I have a position on that. You know what I mean? <laughs> but all I'm getting at is whatever's to be done or should be done or will be done. I want to understand why we do it. I want to, oh, hey, let's, we should do this with three things. We should stay remote. We should follow this trail. We should bark up this tree. Let's talk about why we're doing that. Get the value there. And in the same vein, capture the data behind okay this is why we should do it here's our thought process here's some representation of value and then capture the data long term and make sure that you're adjusting agile based on data yeah yeah it's so funny when you say that being agile yeah that's it man. yeah it's not about special terminology certain meetings or whatever it's about creating a feedback loop yeah. of delivery and then responding yeah to that feedback right and ultimately too the reason I say, why do we do what we do? Here's what we want to try. We're going to capture the data, right? Ultimately, it's like you said too. We get that, and there's no secrets. It's public. Yeah. And that is that conscious, hey, look how the team is doing. Look why we did what we did. Here's what we're doing. It's all public, and we can drive with that. So that's kind of where I'm at too. Yeah, I like that. Um, would we come back yeah. to this conference yeah. next year? I would used to, oh, I asked you this before <laughs> and I will echo what you said. I would like to come back. I, I do think there's value here. I'm going to put this as bluntly as possible. And this is not a bad thing. It was not the deepest conference I've ever gone to. Right. In terms of technical talk, digging in real, real deep. Yeah. There was some of that, but not a lot of it, but there was still value and it got my juices flowing. Yes. So I, for that reason, yes. Also, what you said before, I'd like to come back and present something. Yes. Look at what we have here. Uh -huh. SSOPs. Look how we can do this. Let's be that that group of people, two, yeah. two or three, four people, whatever, mm -hmm. that comes here and says, look, we're here. We're, we're still here to learn from our organization, but we're also presenting yeah. or at a booth or something. Uh -huh. I agree with what you said before.
Yeah. I'm stealing justices. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll say this too. The imposter syndrome is a deep lie. And the big shots or whatever, a lot of the vendors here, you come up and you talk to them and stuff. And you're like, oh, it's more beautiful charts. Yeah. And yeah. we can do that. Yeah. Just to, there's a, there's more than enough for everybody to eat till they're full. Yeah. There's just so much on the table, so much potential. And I will just. Not even just with the Alaskan ecosystem, with the whole yeah. mentality of agility. Yeah. But and I'll repeat Iger's statement. Take your shot. Yeah. Take the yeah. shot. You know, it's awesome. Probably a good place to end it. Take the shot. That was good. So thank you for listening to The Modern Agilist. We put out this show every couple of weeks. And this is really a pretext for us to talk to thought leaders, interesting people, and to really push the envelope in the questions we're asking and the possible solutions we posit about what is agile, what is delivery, what is large-scale software. And we do you want to plug a... Uh, Pit Agile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Justice brought up, too, exactly what he said. This is why we do this This podcast. This is why we have the website blog. But also, we have some folks in Pittsburgh where we're based out of that is a group of a bunch of Agilists. They're all not doing the exact same thing. They're not all Scrum Masters. They're not all Agile Coaches, but they're a group of Agilists. And we are able to speak um, at one of their events and meet up uh, in Pittsburgh on 420. So April 20th, 2022, we'll be talking and we'll be talking about Mr. Justice's book, Data-Driven Agility. Yeah, we're gonna be talking about data-driven agility, and and then I think we'll put that out as at least do some content around that sure. and talk about those methods. Yeah, and if you can't make it to Pittsburgh, we'll be broadcasting it. Yep, yep, yep. Great, thank Thanks. you. Catch you next time. Right, bye-bye.